At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Watching the sun bake All of those tourists covered with oil Strumming my six string On my front porch swing Smell those shrimp there And welcome back to the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at com On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Roberta Hoffer. She is an educator with almost 30 years of experience and author of Silent Heart, which explores the relationship between vampires and the living world. Her website is www.asilentheart.com. And Roberta, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you, Rob. Tell me, where did your... (laughs) Well, we're glad you're here, too. Where did your interest in vampires come from? Um, 
As I was growing up, I was always interested in vampires. I read, I was an avid reader, mm -hmm. I watched a lot of movies, and when I got older and I decided that I wanted to write about them, I wanted to be on both sides of the fence. I'd already been on the one side, the viewer and the watcher, and I wanted to be on the other side, and I wanted to create my own vampires. Tell me, are vampires real, or are they folklore and urban legend? They, they are folklore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, they are. So what is the attraction for people, the, the lure of the vampire then? Because, you know, there's a lot of TV shows on, on, on TV. I, I forget the name of the one that's out there now. I can, I can hardly move my wife from the TV set when it's on. <laughs> You're talking about the True Blood series? That's it. Mm -hmm. so, the one so, on HBO. Right. Um, right. And also the Vampire Diaries are on yep. as well on regular channel. Uh, I, think, I think the lure of vampires, uh, in particular to women, mm -hmm. is that they are seductive and... Uh, the newer, more modern vampires are more uh, handsome, more debonair, um, unlike the ones of the Bram Stoker, where the older ones were kind of creaturistic. Yeah. You know, they were, they at least gave you a bit of a scare, but these ones these days, I don't know. I don't know. You know, like like you said, they, there's more sex appeal, not only for the females, but for the male viewers, I'm sure. Right. Uh, you know, well, but, I think. Go on. I think that the that the older ones, yes, they did have the more of a, a scare factor the, uh, for everybody, uh, especially for children. I think, but now I think that that they're making them, making them more modern and more uh, believable, uh, and and in that that is kind of scary in itself to think that somebody that looks like you and could be standing next to you could also be a creature of the night. Hmm. But if they're not real, why do people still believe in them? They're not real because people believe in them because people believe in a lot of things that are not real. I, it's hard to say because I don't want to step on any toes, but like um, children believe, a lot of children mm -hmm. believe in Santa Claus. Sure, I believe in Santa, especially Christmas and, Eve. Right, right, yeah. and, and, and adults, you know, mm -hmm. but um, there are people that do not believe in Santa Claus. There are people that believe in uh, witches and other people that don't believe in witches. So it's a matter yeah, of personal belief. Ever. So it's a matter yeah. of personal belief. All right, Roberta, please stand by. You and I have to take our first two-minute commercial break. Exxon Nation, Roberta Hoffer is our special guest. www.asilentheart.com That's www.asilentheart.com And we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break talking about vampires here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell. We'll be back in two minutes. Don't go away.
Exonation, Roberta Hoffer's our special guest. She's the author of Silent Heart. Her website is www.asilentheart.com. Tell me, can books about vampires negatively influence a child's mind? I've been asked that a lot, Rob, and I will tell you that, again, I think it's mm-hmm. a lot due to the, the, the child, how they're brought up, what they, what they were brought up to believe in. Um, children, especially we're coming into the, the Halloween season, the vampire season, mm-hmm. so to speak, in October. And as a teacher, uh, and I teach small children, right. um, they, they play, they pretend, mm-hmm. they, they are vampires, they're pirates, they're, they're um, witches, whatever, you know, and they, they pretend this. I think as they get older and say into the teenage years, uh, they're really not pretending, but they're kind of seeking out something to identify with. So, like fads, say the the grunge, you know, look and all that. I think that a lot of this has to do with what they're looking for. So, are you saying that this would then help a child's imagination to develop? In some respects, yes, I do, because I think that just reading in general is a good thing for a mm-hmm. child. And when they read, they they read whether they're reading Diary of a Wimpy Kid or you know, or uh, whether they're reading a vampire book or or something that that interests them, they're going to read it more often and and get more out of it because it 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 interests them. I remember something that doesn't interest them, they're going to stop. Mm-hmm. I remember when the Harry Potter series came out, there were school boards that were were getting lambasted by parents left, right, and center, and it seems that the 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 stigma that was raised by certain philosophies has died down considerably. And yet I, I can't remember any of the vampire books ever facing the scrutiny that Harry Potter did. Um, I don't think so, because vampires are, everyone, I believe, thinks, knows, or should know mm-hmm. that vampires are fiction. Um, but in the case of Harry Potter... Yeah, there there have been witch trials and, and you know the Salem issues and mm-hmm. all, and I think that that it has a little bit more of a, a body to it, a truth to it. Do you think in today's society, where everybody has to be so politically correct that there's still place in school for for Halloween and other uh, paganistic holidays? Um, actually, I do. Uh, I know in our school system where I teach. Um, they have, uh, instead of having a Halloween party, they have mm-hmm. fall parties, so they don't even call it that. Uh, our, the particular school that I'm in is a private school, and we do have a, par- a party where we can dress up, the kids can dress up in their costumes and whatever they want. They want to come as vampires, they want to p- come as pirates or princesses. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what interests them. I don't think that that is something that's going to uh, change them when it comes into November <laughs> and you're getting ready to go into the holidays. You know what? I, when I was a kid going to school, we had Halloween parties. We had Christmas parties. We had Easter mm-hmm. parties. But now with kids having to be, uh, the school boards having to be so politically correct, are, are we depriving our children of, of, of some very basic values because of political correctness? Uh, sometimes I think we are. I do because uh, there there are so many toes that are to be stepped on, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, and when you're you're you know, if you just 
stop and think, you know, well, all of this red tape that, that involves making these decisions, if you just say, you know, is what really makes a child happy? You know, are they going to be happy being able to dress up and and be whatever they want to be for their so-called, quote, unquote, Halloween party? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to be satisfied to have cider and donuts at their fall party? You know, I mean, I, I think that some children are fine with that. It just depends on how they're raised. Other children would feel kind of like, you know, they miss something. It'd be like, like having Christmas and, and, and basically not having Santa. Tell me, is vampirism a fad, or does the vampire industry actually have a strong hold between vampires and the living world? Is it a fad? Well, yeah. Rob, <laughs> I think that everything is a fad as far as clothing or TV shows or um, uh, just things in general that that come and go because they say that that I know there was a person that quoted one time um, that vampirism can come and go, mm-hmm. but it's always going to be around whether it's whether it's the the bad guys with the werewolves or whether it's or the ones that change into bats or the or the modern ones it's it's going to it's going to return it may take a little like of hills and valleys but but it will return it will always be there because it's been there for for decades century you know tell me about your book silent heart my book silent heart um was actually um created in my head by uh, the beginning that I did some genealogy work into my family. And I came up with some interesting um, information about some family members that, of course, have been deceased for many, many decades uh, that I never met. But I incorporated that into my book and used my deceased relatives as my characters. And a couple of things that did happen in real life to my great-great-grandfather, I did put into the book. And as far as his death was concerned. Hmm. The vampires in your book, are they the blood-drinking, bite, uh, neck-biting, uh, bat-turning-into-vampire vampires? No, no. <laughs> they are, um, of course, the, the modern type, I guess you might say. I have the good versus the evil, of mm-hmm. course. You know, you've got to have that. Um, the one thing about them is, is that, yes, Vampires are vampires are vampires, from the Bram Circus all the way up to the Twilights to, to my silent heart vampires. They do drink blood. But we have found a way to mm-hmm. get around killing, at least my good vampires, get around killing humans uh, and trying to uh, coexist in the mortal world. And they do not turn into bats. They do not have fangs. You don't have to bite someone in the neck. Um, they uh, can go out in the sun although they do get migraines <laughs> if they're out in the sun very long, but they don't turn to ash. They don't burn up the minute they, they get into the sun. So they're, mm. they're, they have some traits. They have the special abilities, the speed, the, um, the uh, high velocity of hearing, of, of uh, thought patterns, and, and being able to read others' minds, but they're different. Exonation, our special guest of this hour is Roberta Hoffer. She is an educator with almost 30 years of experience and the author of Silent Heart, which explores the relationship between vampires and the living world. 
What is the relationship between vampires and the living world? Has it changed a lot over the years? Yes, definitely. I think uh, from the very beginning when vampires from the, like, Vlad the Impaler Mm -hmm. is one of the first ones that they actually talk about. And then, of course, you have your Dracula and all the others that have come in between the Bela Lugosi's and all those. Um, Yes, they've they've changed. Um, They just they interact now with the with the world whereas the the ones of of pa- the past they were hidden they would they would sleep on their in their coffins mm-hmm. on their homeland dirt and, <laughs> and they would they would hide themselves away and they would only come out in the at night and they would not really they were uncomfortable coexisting with with humans or mortals today's <laughs> vampires uh, of our creation, the ones that we have created, are not uncomfortable with that. They try to mix in and mingle in and and become part of society. I think my favorite vampire movie was the one with George Hamilton and Artie Johnson. The the title escapes me right now. What was it, A Vampire in New York? Um, No, that doesn't sound... It wasn't once bitten, was it? Uh, It was was kind of a a, a, a pun. Oh, definitely it was, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, that was funny one. There are a lot of funny ones. One just recently came out just this past summer was um, Vampires Suck, I believe. And yeah. it was, it was uh, you know, just a, ta- a takeoff of Twilight. What do you think of the, of the series Twilight as, as, a, as an expert or a connoisseur of vampires? Um, of course, I've read the books, mm-hmm. all of them. More than once, I've seen all the movies, and I have some of the collectibles. I even have the doll, <laughs> the Edward doll. But uh, I, I, I liked it because it did bring out a little bit more of a, a believability of vampires. And it, and it kind of—I already had the idea in my head for my own vampires. And then when this came out, it was kind of like, oh, shoot! <laughs> but they—I uh, have some twists in Silent Heart that has not ever been done before. And there are just different things that happen to the mortal and the immortal world that, um, that has not, like Twilight did mm-hmm. not touch on that. And there are several other things, other like Moonlight and different ones that have not actually gone to mm-hmm. this um, area of being able to be mortal and immortal together. But I, I liked Twilight. I have to say I liked it. Um, and it's very similar to Silent Heart in that when I write, I write with um, proper language. I do not use language that would be offensive to anyone. That way um, children, say, in, in middle school and above can read the book. Um, I do not, I'm not explicit in my sex scenes, um, such as uh, in the, in the uh, Charlene Harris books, the uh, Stooky Stackhouse books. They go to an extreme, mm-hmm. but, uh, and especially in True Blood, like the one you say your wife likes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I try to keep it within that range, you know, and so I, I can kind of identify with Twilight. And yeah, 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 with that. yeah she, she likes that, but she also likes Home and Garden Channel, so I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, you have to have the extremes, you know, I guess. from one to another to kind of give a balance. <laughs> Roberta, you and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Please stand by. Great talking with you. Exonation, our special guest this hour is Roberta Hoffer. She's the author of Silent Heart. Vampires are the topic. If you'd like to visit her website, www.asilentheart.com. 
My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www. XZoneRadioTV.com I believe it's meant to be darling I want you Roberta Hoffer is our special guest this hour, Exonation. We're talking about her new book. It's called Silent Heart. Her website is www.asilentheart.com, and it's about vampires. Tell me, have you ever gone to any of these vampire clubs that have been popping up all over the United States and Canada? Um, I have to say, Rob, I have not. <laughs> I okay. have not. Have you have you ever had the opportunity of of talking to someone who's claimed they were a real vampire? I have not personally spoken to someone, but I have been on many websites mm-hmm. where they actually do believe that they are vampires or of that lineage that they would be. Um, they they're not able to go out in the sun, and they they actually talk about. Um, um, using people's blood to sustain mm. themselves. Uh, that, and I, I have to say that that did did uh, freak me out a little bit. <laughs> How did you do your research for your book? Because I know all authors do uh, a lot of research just to make sure they've got their T's crossed and their I's dotted. Yes. Uh, well, like I said before, I did a lot of genealogy work to start out with to give my characters um, some some base mm-hmm. and some personality. And after I did that, then, of course, I went into researching just vampires in general, just, just anything and everything that I could find. The Internet is such a wealth of knowledge that I just pretty much uh, saturated myself with it and, and spent hours and hours just reading about it. And, of course, the book actually deals with my oldest. There are a lot of very old vampires in my book. And the, one of my main characters, the, um, the good 
Vampire Carter. He is from the Revolutionary War, and therefore I really wanted to be factual on that, mm-hmm. so I did a lot of re- research on that. Uh, right now, currently, I'm writing book two because it is a trilogy. So I'm writing book two, and it actually involves even more history. So I've had to do more research into that because you're you're right. If you don't have your you know your T's crossed and your I's dotted, mm-hmm. somebody's going to catch it. <laughs> What's the difference between a good vampire and a bad vampire? Well, of course, uh, the bad vampires are the ones that that's going to kill you and and drop you and leave you, mm-hmm. and the good ones are the ones that are going to not do anything to you. They're going to try not to harm you. Uh, they will find other ways. Synthetic blood, that's something that, that I've really brought out in my book, is because uh, in Silent Heart, there are people that, that yes, there are vampires and immortals mm-hmm. that do drink human blood, it, just for the, the, for the fun of it. And, but my good vampires, they actually seek out synthetic blood, and they're finding ways of working at like Johns Hopkins <laughs> University to, uh, to be able to, to get this where they can use it. And, and it's a truth, because I also did research into synthetic blood, and it is actually happening in our society today as a way in which to help on the battlegrounds. Um, and, and when they don't have blood, mm-hmm. they can actually use a synthetic blood because it's a longer shelf life. So how would, how would someone, if they wanted to, kill one of your bad vampires? How would they kill them? Mm-hmm. Um, giving away secrets. <laughs> um, actually, there's only one way to kill vampires, and that is with fire. With fire? You mean the silver bullets don't really work? The stake no, through the heart? the heart? The stake through the heart only messes up the shirt. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yes, it's only fire, and and it really has to be, you know, pretty good fire too. Does garlic so just, does garlic ward them off, or is this just another urban legend? Just a legend, just a legend. Oh, I mean, and, and it's possibly for the older vampires. Mm-hmm. Yes, that probably works for them, and no reflection in a mirror, that kind of thing. That probably did have a, an effect on them. But as the vampires have grown Mm -hmm. over the years and over the decades and over the centuries, they have changed, just like our society, just like like us. Uh, Mortals have changed. Yeah, but we're not vampires. Uh, you know, no. y- you think of a vampire, you think of some dark character in in a in a um, in a cape with it over his <laughs> his face. You know, jumping through the. The, the unlocked window of the fair maiden and googling her with his eyes, thrusting himself upon her, then biting her in the neck. That's, that's the vampires of old. Those are the vampires of old. They have evolved. Yeah, well, you're talking, have evolved. you're talking to a, a radio personality of old over here, <laughs> don't you know? <laughs> you're talking to an immortal of old here. <laughs> Remember, I've taught for 30, almost 30 years, so, so I can't be 25. <laughs> so, so you started teaching when you were three years old. There you go. Yes, I did. Yes, I was a student teacher. <laughs> Is there... No, actually, I'll be honest with you. I will be 60 this year, but I still love vampires. It doesn't matter. Age has no bearing when it comes to vampires. Hey, I still, lo- I still love Santa Claus. I still love the Easter Bunny. I do. I, I love. I love gifts, <laughs> and I love chocolate bunnies too. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> yes, we do. Tell, tell me, as a teacher as well as an author, 
Is there a connection between vampires and goths and the events that happened in Columbine? Um, I don't know if I would actually involve vampires in that. I think maybe goths might have had a bearing, but I just I don't know that vampirism mm-hmm. and the you know vampirism and goth are are dark. Okay, I understand that, but um, I don't believe that it was so much vampires is just just the dark occult type of goth that possibly had some influence. I I, I thought that one was a spinoff of the other. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. No one. I don't think so. I think uh, back when I was a teenager, um, (laughs) we had, we didn't have goth back then in the, in the sixties, but we had uh, (laughs) the Beatles. (laughs) I was just going to say that. Yeah, and their long oh, hair, yeah. and my parents didn't like that. You know, they thought that was a bad influence on us, you know, and, and the long hair and the mini skirts and that kind of stuff. But look, look you know, um, I turned out okay. Sure you did. You know, and then prior to the Beatles, there was Elvis Presley and rock and roll and how oh, many, you know, right. the, the band that so many politicians and religious leaders tried to, uh, you know, force onto the radio station so they wouldn't play any of this music, you know. So things right. never change, they just evolve. Right. I think maybe we might be safer with vampires <laughs> than we are with some, something that's actually real. Because hmm. the Beatles were real and, and Elvis was real. Yeah. Rock and roll was real. Mind you, I, I, I can't remember the Beatles ever being, uh, uh, you know, going around biting people's necks or people trying to stick a stake in their heart. But what the heck do I know? I wasn't there all the time. Well, that's true, but I, I do believe I remember a comment that John Lennon said that he compared himself to God. That really brought up the interest. <laughs> well, you know, you, you know what? But he was right. He was right. The Beatles were more popular than Jesus Christ at that time in history. They were to a certain group. World, worldwide. To, worldwide. To, you know, to the adults. You know, worldwide, the Beatles were popular, more popular. More people bought, you know, more people understood what Lennon was saying. But, of course, you, you, that was taken out of context and blown out all mm-hmm. over the all mm-hmm. over the place. You know, it's, it's his comments served a dual purpose. It served to... To get the attention of the religious community as well as the youth, you know. So what the heck, it worked. It did. Yeah. It did. Yes. And I think with with vampires, you know, you're going to get mm-hmm. you're going to get people that are going to be totally in love with them, and you're going to have people that totally hate them and won't read the book, and that's okay. There there are going to be people that will not read Silent Heart because it doesn't have a lot of of um, filth. <laughs> And and that that kind of thing. That's what they look for in books. They're not going to read it if they if they know that it doesn't have that. We know it. I commend I, I commend you as a, as an author. I commend you as a teacher, and I commend you as a parent for the way that you've approached this topic. Well, I I just feel like you know I can't put my name on a book that I would be embarrassed with the language uh, because that's not me. Mm-hmm. That's not the way I talk. That's not the way I was raised, and. And I can't put my name on a book that has a cover with something that's very seductive. Uh, it, it would embarrass me. I mean, I teach in a Lutheran school. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I have more respect for myself, but I also want people to be aware that books can be written with clean language and clean thoughts. Whatever you take out of that book, that's up to you. I'm going to take you to a certain mm-hmm. point. 
and I'm going to burn you right to the edge. And then it's up to you to use your imagination. That's the whole point in writing a book, I think. And that's what I love about fiction is that you can make it anything you want it to be. And therefore, I chose not to go the, the rude route where I would feel embarrassed. I wanted to be clean. What did your what do your friends and family say about your your being an author of Silent Heart and writing about vampires? Uh, well, most of the people that that my family that know me well mm-hmm. understand <laughs> because I know my fascination with it. Other ones that that don't really know how uh, uh, infatuated I've been all my life with vampires say, oh, you know, oh that's that's nice, you know, <laughs> good luck with that, you know, but. It, the book is um, written in in the text that that it's actually my daughter's age. It would be like my daughter. Only people that have read the book say, "This is you." I can hear you talking. I can. There there are mannerisms in in the the main character, the female character, that is you. Um, and I talk in in fragments. So when I'm when I'm writing the book. Um, I write it like I talk, and then my computer tells me, "Fragmented. You need to re- you consider revising." Mm-hmm. But I I cancel that out and say, "I talk in fragments. I'm sorry. That's the way I am. You know, read it as I am." And I have I've made mistakes. Yes, in my book, I'm not perfect. No one is. So uh, I'm I'm a I'm a new author. Uh, I'm a rookie, and I'm and I'm really wanting to get out there and show people that you can write things that have good quality and you don't have to worry about getting into the smut and all that and and your kids can read it and you're not going to be worried about them. I'd like you to take me back to that that moment in time when you actually received your first finished copy. It's in your hand. Oh. You, what was it like? Um, I was waiting on it, you know, like on pins and needles and, mm-hmm. and when it finally came, I was I held it. My husband took me outside. So let's take pictures. Let's take pictures. <laughs> we took pictures with the book and me. But it was uh, it was thrilling to me because it was like finally, you know, like I said, I'm going to be 60 this year, and finally, you know, I have gotten a book out there, and now maybe I can retire and continue to write. And this is what I I really want to do. I want to write. I want to write books. I want to write not fiction novels. I want to write children's books. That's that's a great interest to me. Are your books going to be uh, towards the paranormal and and vampires, or the, or or are your books going to be on a variety of subjects? Um, right now, like I said, I, the Silent Heart is the first of my trilogy, mm-hmm. so I have two more books to complete for this, and then uh, I would like to go into some children's books because I have written children's books for my grandson, which will turn eight this Thursday, and uh, each year I write him a book, one book. And that is the only one that is there in the entire world, and wow. it is dedicated to him every year. And so I hope that I can continue that because over the years that I've been teaching, I've read a lot of books to a lot of children, and it's given them a lot of pleasure. And mm-hmm. I would like to be able to give back to them by writing books for them as well. But yes, I will probably still dabble in the paranormal <laughs> you know, outside we, of children's books, not children's books, mm-hmm. but outside of the children's books as well, yes. We've got about a minute left before I have to go for my next commercial break. Uh, I'd just like to ask you as a teacher, when it comes to the the electronic or the new technology that's coming in, I'm talking about the the iPods, the, the, uh, <laughs> the Kindles, uh, you know, mm-hmm. portable computers, do they have a place in today's school or should we stick to the old 
the old way of doing things with books, with chalkboards, and with more one-on-one attention with teachers? Um, I have a real opinionated thought on that. I have, uh, I love the way that that it has come around, uh, the computers and all, because laptop is great for writing. Mm-hmm. You know, you can take it with you anywhere. I love the fact that you can read a book, you know, right in front of you and on this little bitty thing. Right. You know, I, sometimes it worries me that that it might um, make books with paper obsolete. But I also know that if you write, you can still get it on that. You can still get it on an ebook or whatever. But my grandson that I just spoke of, Christian, he has actually gone to a new school, but they do not have teachers now. They have learning leaders. Ooh. And the children are not students, they're, they're learners. And they're, they're moving out of that. And, and, I, I, and they have computers in every room and screens that they come in and the teacher doesn't tell them what to do. It's on the screen. And yeah, that worries me because I, I worry about it being one-on-one. My classroom, we have one computer. And we are always one-on-one with the children. And, All right. and I guess old school. I try to keep it that way. Okay, we've got to take a commercial break. We'll be back mm-hmm. in a couple of minutes. Exxon Nation, Roberta Hoffers, our special guest, www.asilentheart.com. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We'll be back. Don't go away. everyone. Roberta Hoffers, our special guest this hour. She's the author of Silent Heart. It's a book about vampires, gang. Her website, www.asilentheart.com. She's an educator with almost 30 years of experience, and uh, she likes to explore the relationships between vampires and the living world. Once again, her website is www.asilentheart.com. First of all, Roberta, great having you with us. Where can our listeners go to buy your book? Um, they can go on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, Borders.com. Um, of course, they're locally in the bookstores mm-hmm. in Indiana, but um, they have um, all the websites that are there on the Internet. Plus, you can go to my website, and I'll send you one with that's signed. Super. Tell me, uh, what was the hardest part of writing Silent Heart? The hardest part is what I'm doing right now. <laughs> What's that? Is the PR. <laughs> no, actually, um, putting it all together, mm-hmm. I suppose, finding a publisher. Um, I did go with self-publishing because I was very anxious yes. and impatient and ready to get it out there, and I just didn't want to send it and get it a lot of rejections, and I just wanted to get it out there. And so that's why I went self-publishing, and that's kind of a, a new a new phase for 
for books now. What, for what advice would you have for anyone listening around the world tonight who is considering writing a book? I would say don't give up because I did that several times. I would start things and, mm-hmm. and life would get in the way or something else would get in the way. And, and then a few years later, you know, okay, well, I'm going to try this again. But it doesn't matter how long it takes you to write a book, especially your first one. The point is, is that you stay with it, stay determined, and that you do get it out there. You know, whether it's a best, you know, New York Times bestseller or whether it's just going to be out there, you know, uh, and sell a thousand books or two thousand books, whatever. It's something that you accomplish, and you should feel proud of that. And whether I ever become a Stephanie Meyer or a Anne Rice or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, I have done what I wanted to do, and I will continue to write. and And I'm sure that there will be some people that will appreciate that. Quickly, and I'll appreciate them. <laughs> tell me quickly, how did you overcome writer block if you ever had it? Writer block. Um, writer block is, I don't know that that really exists. I think that it's an excuse, but uh, I do have times when I don't have time. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't have time to write, so I guess you could call that writer's block. But, um, but I, I know that um, you might just run into a dead end, and then you just have to start your you know, curiosity, your, your um, juices flowing again, and think about it and concentrate on it. And if you're really a writer and you're really serious about it, it'll come back. Roberta, we have to say so long for tonight. I do want to thank you so much. I wish you much success, and I look forward to the next time you're here in the with us in the X-Zone with your next book. So until then, take care. Well, thank you, Rob. I have, a, I have really enjoyed it, and I hope that everyone else uh, has enjoyed it. And just contact me on my website and tell your wife to get the book and read it. Check it I, out. I will. www.asilentheart.com Well, that's it for tonight, everyone. I'd like to thank each and every one of you listening around the world, whether you're at home, work, or the office for allowing us to be part of your day or your night. So until tomorrow night, when once again we meet here in the Exxon, take care of each other, love your children, and always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night now. To make a rich, smooth cold brew, Tim Horton steeps 100% Arabica beans for 16 hours. What could be richer than that? Well, uh... How about blending in swirls of sweet Irish cream? Rich enough? Ooh, I guess. Not quite, because Tim Hortons tops that cold brew with the cloud of sweet cold foam. Now, what could be richer than that? Nothing? Exactly. Irish cream cold brew with cold foam now at Tim Hortons. Or try cold foam on any of your Tim Hortons favorites. Modifications extra for a limited time at participating U.S. locations. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232.